you are anything like me, when you hear that intro, you think back to the time when Mark Price, Larry Nance, Brad Doherty, Hot Rod Williams, Craig Elo, Ron Harper were in the NBA playoffs with the Cleveland Cavaliers. We have the very special benefit of having the Mark Price for Three podcast and the Cavaliers are in the playoffs. We're going to talk Cavs, we're going to talk NBA playoffs, and we're going to take a quick look at some of the games ahead. Welcome to this special edition of the Mark Price for Three podcast. Mark, welcome back. Thanks. It's a quick turnaround, man. A little special edition talking Cavs and also the rest of the playoffs. It's a, it was an exciting game last night for the people in Cleveland, that's for sure. It's a great day. The Cavs now one and one, tied up. And so we're, we're going to talk about format a little bit. What we're going to do is we're going to do three points uh, for the Cavs. We'll do three points for the NBA playoffs. And then in the third point, we're going to talk about the games ahead. So uh, yeah, let's run. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's talk Cavs. Three things. What were three things that jumped out to you, to you last night? Well, the rebounding was huge in game one. Offensive rebounds for New York. It was really a difference in the game. So the Cavs out-rebounded the Knicks was huge last night, 43-36. to 36. Big guys inside, Allen, Mobley. Al- Allen was one point away from a double-double. Mobley was a double-double. Both of them really were big on the boards, and that's what they got to have against this Nick team. That was point one. Point two was defensive intensity. Mm-hmm. And this got to be a little bit interesting to me because obviously New York kind of had their way in game one. And I talked to a former teammate of mine and we were just talking that, you know, you got to, they have to be able to feel you um, mm-hmm. defensively. And you could just sense that Brunson's had 20, but it was five for 17. Every shot he had a hand in his face, a body up into him. They were bumping, grinding a little bit. New York definitely felt the Cavs last night on the defensive end. And the funny part was we had talked about the the three spot after game one. Would the Cavs make a change? Well, they obviously decided to go a different route. Okoro only played three minutes last night. And those, wow. minutes, those minutes were split between Danny Green, who got his first, first time on the court, which you're excited about being a UNC oh guy. And uh, and Osman, those two guys split the minutes, 20-something minutes apiece at the three spot, and it just seemed to work better. I mean, I know it was one game. We'll we'll see what goes from there. But if the Cavs hope to win this series, because I believe they're back in it now, yeah. if they win this series, it's going to have to be cued on the defensive end. I mean, even Garland a couple times just really got after Brunson and, and, and got his body kept in. You know, there was just a... An intensity, and obviously you don't want to go down 0-2, go. So, I mean, you expected to see that, but it was also nice to see if you're a Cavs fan because they haven't really shown that kind of defensive intensity really all season. So it was good to see that, hey, it's there, it's in there, now let's pull it out on a little bit more consistent basis. Is it as simple as they just didn't, they weren't ready in game one? Like, did they just think it was going to be like the regular season? Is it that simple? Well, it is and it isn't. It is that simple. And they, most of the guys on the team had never experienced playoff basketball. And I said in one of our podcasts earlier, you know, you can talk about, hey, it's different. You can say, warn them that it's different. But until you're actually in a game in the playoffs, you can't really understand how the level of intensity picks up. And it was good to see that the Cavs were quick learners from game one. Right. And you, they look like a different team. You could tell they were hungry. The intensity level was way up from game one, and that's just what you got to have. So hopefully 
you know, kudos to the Cavs on, on bringing that last night. And hopefully they can take that same because they're going to need that and some <laughs> when they go play in Madison Square Garden. No doubt that crowd's going to be ready. It's been a while since the Knicks really, you know, have been as competitive as they are this year. The other thing, too, is is it also just an intentionality like the rebounding? They they were severely out-rebounded in game one. Last night, they, you know, out-rebounded the Knicks. Is it really just being intentional both defensively and then also on rebounding? It's absolutely intentional. We talked about it in the game plan episode. I mean, the yep. game plan has got to be rebounding the basketball and being physical in the way that you can't just run and chase them. I mean, you got to hit bodies. You got to put bodies on bodies and use your length to your advantage. And they did that last night. The other thing that was really stood out to me was Mitchell's um, understanding that the Knicks, again, back to game plan, their game plan was to stop Donovan Mitchell and almost let everybody else beat us. And Mitchell played perfectly into that for the Cavs, in my opinion, because he facilitated. What did he have, 13 assists or something like that? No, he he facilitated. He became a facilitator and not the guy trying to score. And I have one other question about that. I know it came up in the NCAA tournament. A lot of times when you have a player like Mitchell, is it easy to get caught watching your best player play and not get involved? Well, it is. And I think it's it's key, like you said, your best player has to understand that his teammates got to get involved. And even though sometimes he feels the need, he's got to take the game over, you could tell that there was an intentionality on his part to try to get some of these other guys going, plus the fact that he was getting double teamed, like you said. But he, he you know, they played like – Coaches talk about all the time, you know, let the ball find the open man, right? If you got two guys on you, find somebody's open. And Donovan did a great job of finding who that was last night and, you know, spread the wealth around. And obviously with Darius getting hot and it, it made a huge difference. So the game plans are going to be interesting to see for game three for both teams now. Right. The adjustments that will be made. And that's what makes the playoffs so fun is there will be adjustments. You can guarantee the Knicks will make them. I mean, they have a great coach and he'll, He'll do some adjustments himself. And now you don't have the luxury of being at home. So that will be very interesting to see. But we are tied. And so now it's a five-game series like the old days. Absolutely. You know, first team to get to four wins. That's what it's all about. That's right. That's right. All right. So let's jump for our next segment into the rest of the playoffs. What have you noticed so far in your three points about the games that have been played so far? Well, couple of series of the Suns Clippers last night. Phoenix was able to tie it, tie the series up. And, you know, Durant and Booker were both huge, which that's kind of what you expected going in. They struggled a little bit game one. So it'll be interesting to see as they go back to LA, they can continue that. Phoenix, in some ways, is still trying to find itself. I mean, Durant only played, what, six, seven games with them <laughs> before right. the playoffs started. So it's not like they have this that they're grooving with each other, yet they're still, in a lot of ways, trying to figure things out, but they look much better last night. And if they can go steal one again, I still give Phoenix a little bit of an edge yeah. in that in that series. And last night also, Boston took a 2-0 lead on the Hawks. Really and they look pretty dominant. Obviously, the Hawks are trying to find their way, but going back to Atlanta, and that's what, I mean, I remember a couple series that we were in where we lost the first two games on the road. And you know, against Philadelphia one year and came home and just wiped them out for two games and, and, and went right back to the series being tied. So 
nothing, you know, and the Hawks crowds get pretty good in the playoffs here in Atlanta. So we'll see if that can get them some momentum, maybe get a win and put a little pressure on Boston. But Boston's playing really, really well right now. And they're, they're deep and they're, they're experienced and they're loaded and they're, they're playing like it right now. Yep. And really the, the third point for the playoff, for the rest of the, of the league would be to see the Lakers Grizzlies tonight. Lakers on the road got a chance to go up 2-0. We'll see see where the Grizz are and if they can bounce back at home. And if you go back 0-2 to the, to LA, it's going to be a long long series, I think, for for the Grizz. And then the Heat Bucks is interesting. It got real interesting. Got a lot of injuries. Will Giannis play or will he not? That's the question, and that's really the going to be the difference in the series, in my opinion. If he can't play, I don't think they can beat the Heat. And then the T-Wolves and the Nuggets, I, I perfectly expect Denver to go up 2-0. They're dominant. They play well at home. Mm-hmm. But they can't take their foot off the gas either. Being up being up 1-0 at home sometimes can be dangerous because the first game was pretty easy. What's there to get up for, motivated for? Sometimes that can catch you a little bit if you're not not ready. But they're pretty – they've been in the playoffs the last few years and they've lost some tough series so they they have some experience in their belt and they know what it's like so i i perfectly expect Jokic to have those guys ready to go tonight and there's some key injuries as well i think i saw this morning i don't know where these stand but chris paul had an x-ray after the game on his hand i believe it was i don't know the status of john morant tonight against the lakers it looked pretty bad when he got hurt so i don't know if he's out tonight that's a huge loss for memphis without him Oh, no, no, no doubt. He's the guy, he's their guy, and he's he's a guy that makes them tick. And uh, I would be amiss, I did forget one series, which a lot of people would be shocked that I did, was the Warriors-Kings. Yeah. And the Kings are up 2-0, which is a big, probably might be the biggest surprise of the playoffs right now. We, we talked about on the last episode that even though they're the number two seed in, in the West or the thir- third seed, what, whichever one they are, they, uh, the Warriors were probably the favorites still because they're the, they're, you know, the champions of, of the past and they got so many rings and, but the Kings held home court. You got to give them, you got to give them their props. They took the Warriors punch, got a little nasty with Draymond there. And, you know, it's very physical, been a very physical series. And, and so it'll be interesting to see going back. The, the Kings got the wind at their sails right now, but it'll be tough winning games in Oakland. For sure, or, or San Francisco. Oh, Mike Brown deserves a lot of credit, though. He's done a lot with that team. I really like the Kings. I mean, when I watch those games, first of all, the games are incredibly exciting, but I really like that team. They're fun to watch. They're athletic. They play well together. They they look like a younger version of Golden State. When Golden State was really starting to emerge as that, that contender, that's really what the Kings look like. They share the ball well. They're tough inside. Um, Draymond, that's going to hurt. You know, Golden State, they're not the same without Draymond Green on the floor, as we know in Cleveland, all too well. Uh, exactly. He's a, he's a volatile player, and he's a great player with what they do. And without him, they're not the same team. And it just goes back no matter who did what or who, you know, who punched first or who grabbed or who did this, especially a guy that's won championships. It's shocking still that he puts himself in position and not himself, but more importantly, puts his team. You know, in a difficult situation by getting ejected and then who knows what the league's going to come down with uh, if he'll be able to play or not. So the next game. So uh, he's put his team in a really bad situation and that's just, it's really unacceptable. 
you know, at this point in time, I don't care what happens. You've got to be able to think about your team and what's best for them in the long run. And, but it is what it is and, and we'll see where that goes. But yeah, the Kings, Kings are looking good. They're playing confident and, you know, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder and I like that. I do too. I like what Charles Barkley said because I agree with you. And I think Draymond actually fed off of, after the ejection, he was egging on the crowd. You know, uh, to me, there's just not a place for that. In the NBA, you've been there before. I mean, you've got rings. You know what it takes. And he was almost begging the NBA to do something. And they, and I, he was suspended this morning, unless that gets reversed. I believe he was suspended this morning and we will miss game three. But I love what Barkley said. He was talking about how the national narrative is going to be all about Draymond and not giving credit to how good the Kings are. I thought it was a great point. Yeah, it is. It is a good point. And it's a shame because the Kings have, it's been a long time coming for that franchise and they deserve a lot of credit yep. in the way they've played and kind of dominated those first two games. I mean, they, they, sh- everybody should be talking about them and not Draymond. So, right. but you know how it is, you know how the media operates. And, sure. and so that's going to be a big storyline going forward, but. It's put up Steph and Clay and those guys up against the wall. They got to win. They got to win one one of these games for sure. And really, they need to win both of them if they feel, have a chance to win this series. Yeah, because the the Kings don't look like they're going to back down anytime soon. Like you said, take foot off the gas. I don't see them doing that. I think they're actually feeding off of their energy, which has been amazing in that first two games. Probably the best series to watch so far. It's been a lot of fun. Close games. Yeah, I just wish it wasn't that two in the morning that you got to watch it right on the east coast <laughs> absolutely i'm a, I, i'm not as young as i used to be it's it's tough for me to watch those late games i'm not gonna lie i agree with you 100 percent. last question for you do you think lebron is not the fourth or fifth scorer tonight i feel like lebron's gonna have a lebron game but what are your thoughts on the lakers you know i don't i don't see lebron being the fourth or fifth option for long for the lakers well, I think LeBron will approach the game like he does just about every game. He's going to do whatever's going to be advantageous to win in the game. And so if, if Austin Reeves, Reeves and Hachimura are lighting it up again, LeBron will keep throwing them the ball, you know. But there's going to be times when someone's got to take over, and I'm sure LeBron will be more than willing to, to do his part. In, in that, but that's when at he, that's when he's at his best. When it's not every single game, LeBron's got to get us thirty, forty. That's not when he's at his best. He's at his best when he has other guys around him that are, you know, carrying the load offensively, and he can pass it and you know play play the kind of game that he likes to play. I still can't believe he took that one Cavaliers team all the way to the championship versus the Spurs. I don't even remember who else was on the team. But it was a remarkable that that guy literally put that team on his shoulders and took him all the way to the finals, especially as young as he was at the time. Incredible. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a great player. One of the greatest of all time, for sure. And, and that he's doing it at his age right now is amazing. He just keeps going. He's like the Energizer Bunny, I guess. He just <laughs> keeps going and going. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Glad we were able to pull a little special edition. That's in right. here, talk some NBA playoffs. We'll keep this up as the as the playoffs carry on and, and keep a close watch on the Cavs. Well, thanks for coming through once again, 25. Appreciate you jumping on and, and doing a special edition for us. And we'll, uh, we'll be back again soon with another one. So for Mark, I'm Aaron. Thanks for joining in on this special edition NBA playoffs.